The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Joe Ostrowski here with you. Aaron has the day off, and we are here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Ben Brown, NFL data analyst, friend of the show. We'll talk a little preseason and uh, preview a lot of different angles as training camps continue to unfold uh, with key news and tidbits that we will get to throughout the program. But first, we got to start with the no-hitter in Philadelphia. Michael Lorenzen makes his Phillies home debut, and all he does is throw a no-hitter. Acquired at the trade deadline. And and Joe, maybe the Phillies were the biggest trade winners. I don't know if we had them on our list at all. Uh, but with the way Michael Lorenzen has pitched for his first two outings for the Phillies, uh, maybe it's the guys uh, in the Northeast uh, who uh, wound up winning the trade deadline. Uh, I mean, putting the no-hitter aside, in his first outing against Miami, uh, he pitched eight innings, gave up two earned runs, five strikeouts, and then against Washington in the no-header that the Phillies won 7 to nothing, Five strikeouts, four walks, uh, threw more than 120 pitches, but was able to get the job done uh, using a variety of different pitches to be able to knock off the Nats. Uh, no, pitcher, no pitch that he threw uh, more than 35% of the time, uh, so that good variety uh, helped him get through the order second time, third time, things like that. Uh, five strikeouts, 10 hard-hit balls allowed, but you know what? It worked out for him. Even during the Phillies run last year, while the biggest strength, I would say, of the team was the top of the rotation, something that you could depend on, once you got to that 3-4 three three, spot, it was a bit of a concern. Like Suarez was massive in some spots, but it wasn't completely expected. They needed uh, those types of performance from, from pitchers. And I'm not saying this is the bar. But if you can depend on Lorenzen as a fourth guy, as they're trying to fight their way into the playoffs, and they're going to come up later on when we uh, go over our MLB projections, how we think the playoff picture is going to look, and 
kind of have a conversation about various paths and and what teams will want and what teams will try to stay away from. Uh, yeah, if he's a guy that you can depend on, that's a bit of a game changer for this team. It really is. Uh, yeah, it was Washington. I mean, we're, this is what happens with no hitters. Like, it's going to happen against your Oaklands, against your Washingtons. And, and that's exactly what we've seen this year. It doesn't mean that they're an all-time pitcher. Uh, cool moment for him. They pushed him. A lot. The trend in recent years has been with some organizations, look, if you're going way beyond your pitch count, you're not going to be out there. Well, he threw his career high, 124. So I wonder how much longer they would have pushed him. I, th- I think that's interesting. But there are some organizations out there that would not uh, have allowed Lorenzen to stay out there as long mm-hmm. as he did. Absolutely. Uh, yet at the same time, I think, uh, you know, part of the reason or, you know, one of the big reasons why you would acquire uh, Lorenzen is in part to sort of save your bullpen, I suppose, and uh, at least just keep things afloat uh, so that when you have uh, your true superstar pitchers out there, uh, that those are the games that, that you can point to to say, OK, you know, we got to win those. And then let's stay afloat for these others and hopefully save the bullpen and make sure that we're in good shape there. And look, like I said, uh, Lorenzen, first two outings for the Phillies have uh, been downright spectacular as far as eating up innings. Uh, So that's been great with him. The other thing, too, that's really interesting about this no-hitter, just 28% called strikes and whiffs. The defense helped him a lot. He threw 124, only five strikeouts, had four walks. It wasn't exactly the most impressive no-hitter we've ever seen, but the defense helped him a great deal. And this is with a ball club where the defense has been, shall we say, questionable. Yeah. You know, and this is now the the fourth no-hitter of the year. So when I saw it happen again, I was thinking, okay, does this have anything to do with eliminating uh, the shift? And it's probably no. We had four last year. I'm curious. I'm sure the number is going to be higher. I expect to have one or two more over the last couple months of the season. Um, we have had a lot in recent years. Like 2021 was an outlier, and maybe that was something that pushed them in this direction of rule changes. They, there were nine no-hitters in 2021. So that's when people are really getting sick of. But it's not happening so often now where it's like, okay, okay, another another no-hitter. It was. It's still a cool moment for – for the fan bases of those teams, like nationally, I don't know. I I've watched some of the uh, some of the coverage, you know, the daily sports coverage, and there were some sports shows that didn't even lead with this. Like there was a time where it was a no question, but I, I yeah. So I wonder if people are like, yeah, well, it's not a star pitcher, and it is happening. Like we saw one last week. I mean, we literally saw yesterday we were talking about Valdez coming off his first start, first start after a no-no. So I'm sure we're going to have that same conversation next week with Lorenzo. Wake me up when it's a perfect game, then right. maybe we'll have a conversation. <laughs> and even then, you know, the one that we did have was out of the West Coast against the A's and we were, you know, making all these provisos about it. And it's like, guys, it's still a perfect game. Like they still count, you know, yeah. it's fine. Like yeah, you know, strength or difficulty, whatever, you know, that 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 shouldn't matter. Uh, by the way, uh, also in Major League Baseball, the Orioles lose another one to the Astros. This one is intriguing to me because even though we don't want to, re, uh, you know, overreact to say one series in general, this is something yeah. where it's this is possibly something we could see in the postseason. 
And just given how scrappy the Astros are, which we've seen for years now, but Baltimore is sort of bursting onto the scene. And yet it's the Astros still proving why they are the team to beat in the American League. Yeah, it's a little... It's a little dicey for me. I'm going to be happy once this series ends today with Houston going <laughs> for a three-game sweep. I know it's back-to-back losses, two losses. You don't want to overreact. But I am a little concerned. And, you know, does the chatter continue? I mean, you can't you can't escape the storyline from this week. And there are going to be people that say, see, see, whether it's karma, whether it's noise impacting the team, you took away from the baseball, and look at what's happening. Well, the Astros are one of the best rosters in the game. There's that, too. They're, they might have a bye when we get to the playoffs. Um, both of these teams could end up having buys. So that's going to be really interesting to see how these two teams play down the stretch. Um, the disconcerting part for me, not only do I really need the Orioles to win their division, but the good part of the rotation has been going. And yesterday it was a big new piece that they added. And that that's worrisome. And they only put up two runs against Houston. So Well, Flaherty uh, was good though. Like it was the bullpen yeah. that just had a complete implosion. Right. Like the, the reliever that exactly. they traded for from Oakland, Fujinami had an awful outing. But I'm saying you gotta win those games when the good part of your rotation is going. I'm like, yeah, I'm not ripping on Flaherty. I'm saying like You've got to win those games with the top of the rotation going. That's that's what you're expecting right now. So it, this is going to be a very tight race down the stretch in the American League East. It certainly, uh, certainly seems that way. Uh, Tampa lost two yesterday. So there's that two-game gap there. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't sit here and say in early August that Toronto can't make a run. The problem is they're chasing two teams. But – you know, Baltimore could fall back. We've seen Tampa f- fall back and all the starting pitching injuries. So um, I, I don't know that it that's 100% a two-team race. It is at the moment, but it, Toronto could jump back in there. I, it's not 100% a two-team race in that division for me, but – Again, it's not something I want to overreact to because when I'm looking at, say, you know, Toronto in general, it it strikes me as top-heavy, pitching and hitting. Meanwhile, Baltimore, I trust the depth a good bit more. The Rays, I trust the the depth a good bit more despite the injuries that they have suffered uh, over the last few weeks. I, I think in general, look, this is just a tough matchup. And with the strength of schedule the way it is, while everybody will get to play everyone else, you're going to have a little bit of volatility here. And the Astros are playing great baseball as they're all getting healthy. I mean, Jose Altuve hasn't been there all season long. Now he's back in his, you know, usual clutch self. So the hitting is starting to come back. They just added Justin Verlander. You can almost look at that as like someone who was out and now, you know, returning to that rotation. And even when Framber Valdez on Tuesday wasn't pitching lights out, at the same time, they just found a way against arguably one of the better closers uh, if not the best closer in yeah. the American League. So I look at this and go, they just find ways to win. I think it's more, let's let's look at the Astros a little bit more seriously. I mean, like, what is it? They have the third shortest odds to win the World Series, and they may not win their own division. That's how much we trust second-half Astros baseball right now. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that their AL pennant winner is going to be the winner of that division because it's such a big difference. Getting that by or not. Um, and yeah, odds-wise, you're right. They're number three and they're number four. You don't see this. Where the, the top two favorites in a league are in the same division, but that's the situation right. we have uh, this year with the American League West. A lot of baseball to get to uh, later in the show. We are going to come out with our projections for what we expect the postseason to look like as of right now. Things are always subject to change, but asking us right now on August 10th, this is what we are expecting as far as our projections. So we'll get to those and talk about path to the World Series, all that fun stuff. Uh, but we do have uh, some NFL training camp news to get to, uh, specifically involving the Denver Broncos. His right tackle, Mike McGlinchey, got rolled up, uh, walked off the field with a trainer per James Palmer. And look, for an offense that does need, you know, everything to sort of fire on all cylinders as they sort of try and put last season behind them, uh, losing McGlinchey, you know, for any period of time seems significant to me. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Sure. Um, a, mm -hmm. a massive injury. He was the guy that was viewed as the, the biggest signing uh, in free agency. And yeah, that, that could be a big one. I mean, yeah, you just hate to see this, but it's inevitable. It happens every preseason. I hope it doesn't happen in any of the games that we're going to see, um, you know, here locally, Chase Claypool got popped, uh, you know, his hammy was bothering him. So those are kinds of injuries that linger. Yeah, you hate to see it, especially um, with guys that can be game changers and can impact how the start of the season goes. So you want those guys out there uh, at the start of the season. I, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know. I've heard people make the case that sometimes it's not the worst thing to have hold-ins, <laughs> hold-outs, whatever you want to call it, because as long as they're in shape, at least you know they're not going to get hurt. Right. Right. I, I, I don't know. It, again, there's so much variance with the Broncos that I am uncomfortable making any bets on them. And even with something like this, that, that just, you know, further validates uh, my overall approach with the Broncos to say, I'm leaving them alone. I just don't know what to do with them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you're asking me right now, what sides I would take, I'd probably say no to the playoffs just to kind of, you know, keep things on the safe side. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, this is a, a concerning injury, but uh, this was something where we weren't exactly sure what to expect out of the Broncos in the first place. And so uh, that's kind of where I am with all of it. 
there is this weird trend going on when it comes to depth charts. And I alluded to this uh, before where uh, we're going conjunction junction on writing these things up where we're using the word or uh, without actually giving uh, a true depth chart. So the latest incident of this involves the 49ers where Brock Purdy is listed as the starting quarterback. Fine. But who's number two? It's either Sam Darnold or Trey Lance. And I believe the Colts did this as well with uh, yes, they did. or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So the word or, which was, I mean, I believe never used uh, for NFL depth charts. Now it's becoming commonplace. The Bucks did it uh, with, with uh, Mayfield and Trask, Mayfield or Trask. And uh, I find it obnoxious. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, so they have to release a depth chart, right? Is that... Is that right. the, the rule? I, I'd like to sit here and say, if you don't want to do the depth chart, don't do the depth chart. Do you, you think the NFL comes down and says something like, okay, no, you can only have one player in each slot. We can't start listing multiple players because how far does this go? I mean, I, this is so ridiculous. Like, we get it. There's a camp battle. We talked about it. The coaches are saying it. I mean, just come on now. This should motivate you if you're listed as the second guy. I I don't like it at all. Yeah, maybe there's even flexibility or wiggle room. I don't know. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, NFL preseason action is back tonight. We'll tell you how we're betting on it and some trends that we think are interesting right here on the BetQL Network.